0: everyone and welcome on into the betting pros podcast i'm your host thomas viola and today's topic is bad beats we've all had them we've all seen them we've all seen some tragic ones and here to join me to talk about it today returning to the show our first return guest here none other than the bad beat expert and bts super fan aaron kessler aaron in 20 plus years in sports books. You have certainly seen your share of bad beats, and honestly, as a friend, I don't think I've seen anyone who quite comes close to what you have seen in the bad beats sphere.
1: Yeah, there have been a couple, but when you've been betting sports as long as I have, you know, I turned 21 19 years ago, so it's a long time. We are not going to say quite how many years. There are some jurisdictional issues at play here, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen my share of bad beats, and I've lost some games in some interesting ways.
0: And we're going to get into some of them. Uh, Certainly, there have been a couple in the last few months that are quite memorable that we'll get into. And we'll get into some of the worst bad beats that we've ever seen in the history of sports and some that you've seen personally in your career. But first and foremost, we have to address the full topic. What exactly makes something a bad beat? Or rather, what isn't a bad beat? Because the term gets thrown around so much and the reality is a lot of the time uh, betters just lost. You didn't necessarily lose in such a painful and heartbreaking way that would make something a bad beat. How would you classify it?
1: Yeah. A bad beat is when something just really goes weird and it's kind of a sliding scale, you know, it's different for everybody, but you know, someone's like, Oh, you know, my team was winning by four points and I had the money line. They were the underdog and then the other team came back and scored a touchdown. It was a three minute drive. It's like, yeah, the other team did what they were supposed to do. It was a three-minute drive. That's not a bad beat. Nothing went weird. It just sucks. And some of the ones that we'll talk about today, they were a lot more in that vein. They weren't like a true bad beat, but they were painful for some circumstances around them.
0: Yeah. It, it, it can, is it just that it's a painful and excruciating loss, or is it that there has to be that special twist of the knife, or is it like you said, It. I, I feel like it's more it's got to be a quirk. It's Something has to be weird. Something has to have happened that in the course of a normal sporting event, even a comeback, you would not see happen. So it's like a, 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 a two goals in two minutes in hockey, not necessarily a bad beat. I don't know. The, the Golden Knights played the Sharks in a game we were at this year. They were up by, what was it, two goals it or three goals? It was three goals with three minutes to go. Two and goals with three to go. Two goals with three you to go. And sure we watched not. We watched them lose in overtime after a last, literal last second, last 10th of a second goal by the Sharks to force OT. Does that even qualify as a bad beat, or is that still just, well, you lost a pretty big comeback?
1: Yeah, in a sport like hockey where it's not stop and start between plays, if you're getting a goal in the net in the last second of the game, I think that's a bad beat no matter what.
0: I think that's fair. Now, what are some things that you would say aren't bad beats, though?
1: You know, it's really hard to say, but like just last year's Super Bowl, was it frustrating yet? Did the Bengals get jobbed? I certainly think so, but I wouldn't describe it as a bad beat. You know, that wasn't a game where everything turned. That penalty, the end against the Bengals was brutal, and I don't think it should have been called, but I wouldn't describe that as a bad beat necessarily. Then again, if you had Bengals futures at 150 to one from the beginning of the season, I can definitely
0: see how it would be a bad beat. There's some context to this. And what about what, what about flipping that call if you take the famous Saints-Rams game from a few years ago, the pass interference non-call? That that was so egregious it makes it a bad beat, in my opinion.
1: I would say so. I don't know anyone who was watching that game that was still isn't waiting for the flag to come out.
0: <laughs> Very true. Now, you've had a couple, in particular, a couple big heartbreakers recently. Let's get into some of those. One of them, the NCAA tournament this year... Although, really, you have some stories from many NCAA tournaments that we'll talk about. But this year in particular hurt quite a bit. You had a ticket on UNC at a rather nice price, didn't you? Yeah, I was holding
1: 175 to one, bet them at the beginning of the tournament. I thought that their bracket shook out well. They could beat it one seed in Baylor that I wasn't that confident in. And I felt that this was a team that had a lot of talent, was playing their best basketball. I thought the price was definitely very wrong on them.
0: And sure enough, you were. You, you could really argue you were very right on that. They make it all the way to the final, of course. And we were watching that game together, and at halftime, things certainly felt pretty good. There was another UNC supporter with us who was already ra- ordering up so, some rounds of shots for celebrations. They were up 15. And just the fact that no team has ever lost that kind of a lead, that, I feel like that definitely qualifies as a bad beat. Yeah, that was very
1: painful. I blame tequila. Anytime tequila comes out, nothing good can happen. But I was not about to turn down a shot offered to me. And we were up 15 at the half, you know. You're in running money is going to be like minus 500. Could I have gotten off of it? Absolutely. I didn't want to get off of it. I liked my position. You know, we talk about hedging, and you were very vocal before the game telling me to hedge. And I'm very much a person who doesn't like to hedge. But... Had the price been what I thought it should have been on the game, I would have hedged. As it stands, the game was minus four, minus one hundred and eighty on the money line. I made Kansas a two point favorite, and if I could have gotten minus one hundred and thirty pregame on Kansas, I would have absolutely hedged a bit because I thought that would have been a fair price to hedge at. I wasn't going to lay a buck eighty on a team that I didn't think should be at one hundred and eighty. You know, that's an important part of hedging is you need to make good value bets and decide. Yeah, I might want to get
0: off this some, but I'm not going to get off it at the wrong price. And let's talk a little bit about that, because that is definitely something that comes into maybe not bad beats, but losing bets as a whole. If you have a chance, you have something like you said, a 175 to one ticket, or at the very least, you've set up a parlay, you have a nice futures bet, but you are in a position where you could lock in a profit. You get yourself into a position that you've made it. So you have a potential for a substantial windfall. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was riding a very nice parlay on Real Madrid and I thought about hedging. I didn't end up doing it because like you said, the price just wasn't quite there, but how can you spot some of that value so that players maybe who just want to be able to avoid or maximize a profit? What are some of the ways that you like to look at it of trying to build some of these hedges? Well, this
1: is one thing
0: where, you know, people who make these parlays,
1: you've got a 16 parlay. You've got your last leg coming up. Like, oh, should I hedge? Should I hedge? I'm like, look, if you wanted to hedge, why'd you put it on there to start with? Have some Mm -hmm. convictions. Keep your bet. You don't want to hedge. You don't want to get off it. You know, if you want to buy a little bit back or try and shoot a middle, that's something. I've definitely tried to shoot some middles before with tickets, but I'm not a hedger. I try not to. And if I can shoot a middle, sometimes I will. But generally, I like to ride my bets out. And if I'm in an advantageous position, then I'm going to ride that position out. Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. But
0: I'm going to ride it out. And of course, one great way to guarantee that you don't end up with five legs of a six-leg parlay is to, you know, not make a six-leg parlay.
1: Sometimes you got 20 bucks in your board. What can I tell you?
0: We've all I done think that that. It, that, that, That's very fair. 20 bucks in your board is one thing, but... Obviously, people want to understand those aren't necessarily long-term money-making opportunities there with parlays of that size. But still, with with, you talk about finding a middle, you talk about shooting a middle. For some people that maybe aren't too familiar, what what is middling, and how is it that you can try and set one up? Uh,
1: Simple, a middle is a bet where you have two sides of the same game. And there's an area where both can hit. So if you have a money line and then a plus three and a half on the other team, if they win by one, two, or three, then you hit them both. And you can set up middles like that with live betting. You know, there's a lot of ways to set up middles. But, you know, again, why put it on the first place and why get off a good position? You know, if you're in a position of strength, if your team's winning by 15 points at the half, why do you want to get off that? Now, sure, there's a little more security, but pay what you think it's worth. And if you don't think it's worth it, don't feel the compulsion to hedge. You know, a lot of people love to hedge. I've got a story about a buddy of mine you've met a couple of weeks ago. He bet a golf tournament. Um, who was it that came back and won? <laughs> Guy came from out of the clouds. It was like two, three weeks ago. And he, my buddy live bets him at like 210 to one. I see him at work on Monday. He says, Oh, I took a bad beat this weekend. I bet him. I bet this guy and I cashed him out when he was 30 to one. I'm like, oh. And this guy loves hedging. Loves to hedge. Loves talking about hedge scenarios. It's his favorite thing. I'm like, oh, this is why you don't hedge. You just cost yourself like a four thousand dollars.
0: Oh, that that is brutal. And are are you talking about the US Open at Southern Hills?
1: No, what, I don't remember which tournament it was. It was whatever the guy came back on the last day. I don't remember which one it was.
0: Because so- Southern Hills had pretty much a similar situation, and that was a thousand percent one of the worst bad beats that we've seen this year. That we definitely wanted to hit on because you had Mito Pereira, who was three hundred to one to win the U.S. Open. and right. our friend, our, our friend Rufus Peabody, was talking about that because he had him to win a substantial amount of money, a good chunk of change there. And he goes into the 18th hole needing a bogey or better. It'll better. Par wins the tournament, Bogey forces the playoff, and he double bogey's 18 in one of the most heartbreaking scenes that we've ever seen. That was a thousand percent a bad beat for Mito Pereira holders. Ah,
1: that's a bad one. Those guys have some golf stories that um, they are some fantastic stories. I've seen quite a few of them. But golf's a game like that. There's no clock in golf. There's no
0: clock in baseball. Things can happen. Guys, real quick. Remember when you're looking for free picks and sports betting advice, bettingpros.com has you covered with tips from over 150 experts to make it easy for you to cash out. Download the app to get sports betting alerts. You'll get notified of favorable bets based on line movements, consensus picks from the most accurate experts, and vetted systems in play. Betting Pros monitors all of the major sports books, most accurate experts, and top systems to identify the best betting opportunities. So download today in the Apple or Google Play stores. That is, that is very true. Things can happen, and you know, we had one happen this weekend at the Canadian Open. The Betting Pros Discord community here has a very nice golf discord. And by the way, guys, if you're not involved yet, sign up today, hop into the Betting Pros Discord. It's a great community there. And the golf team, they basically do what's called a group ride where, you know, everybody picks one bet that they're going to ride. Well, the golfers managed to pick four out of the five top five finishers in this week's RBC Canadian Open. The one they didn't get, Rory McIlroy, the winner.
1: Yeah, I mean, to swing it back to college basketball, 2018, I had triple digit odds in one region on the one seed, the two seed. The three seed, the six seed, the eight seed, and the nine seed. And the four and five both got upset right away. And the winner of that bracket was the 11 seed Loyola. Oof. That was the year Virginia lost. I had Virginia at 100 to one, just absolutely brutal.
0: But that, that wasn't just, you see, that's a bad beat too, because that's not a team losing. That was the UMBC year where you saw the 16 to one happen. That is a thousand percent a bad beat in my eyes.
1: I've never had so many people asking me if I was okay during a game. <laughs> I was booking it's... the tournament. I was locked up in my office, and all my friends were calling me, like, "Are you all right? Do you need something?"
0: That was and, some fun. and the bad beat parade in NCAA doesn't end there for you. And I feel bad because half this podcast is just me beating over the head <laughs> it with it.
1: Doesn't walk. even end there for me in Virginia.
0: It doesn't because the very next year they go on to win the tournament. And you don't have them. <laughs>
1: No, but I did have Texas Tech at two hundred to one with a fifteen second with fifteen seconds left in the game and a three point lead. Yep,
0: that's that's a lot of. That pain. one
1: I hedged off a small amount before the game. I took Virginia even money. I didn't bet a lot on it, but that was a rough way to lose. You know, I was a nice payday it was one miss
0: shot away. I mean it always hurts that that's how it feels it always is and then a couple months later uh a couple months later after the ncaa tournament this year not even it was a couple weeks bristol dirt track and tyler reddick you actually had in what another amazing sports bad beat here he was in the lead on the final lap when chase briscoe careens into him takes out both drivers and kyle bush comes back to win it and I remember that one particularly stung just because of the back-to-backs, but that was definitely another bad beat from this pat from from the most recent of sporting events.
1: I would like to point out that he was in the lead on the final lap, and the lap before that, and the lap before that, and we can say that literally a hundred more times, and it would still be true because he led the last hundred plus laps. That was not my worst beat in NASCAR. I will tell what you was? my worst beat in NASCAR. I've had some really bad ones. I had uh, Almirola the year he got wiped up by Austin Dillon at Daytona. Mm -hmm. I was a year early on Michael McDowell when he was restarting second at the end at Daytona again, I had him at 200 to one. So that was lovely. The worst one wasn't even a big price. You know, this one's just memorable. It was not for a whole bunch of money. I had Kyle Larson at Dover and he is leading with three laps left by a straightaway. He's got like three seconds on Jimmy Johnson. He's clear. And with one lap, you know they wave the white flag, and then there's no caution. With two laps left, David Reagan in the back of the pack hits the wall and brings out the caution. Mm-hmm. They bring out the easy dry to dry the track off. They go to the restart. Larson spins his wheels on the easy dry. And Jimmy Johnson takes off and beats him. Oh, and you know, I had gone like one in ten in baseball that day, and I'm just not having a lot of fun right
0: then. And that's and, you a know, bad beat. And, and and you know another big thing there. How do you... What, bad beats are going to happen. They're kind of unavoidable. It is just like we said, it is flukes. It is stuff that you are going to see over the course of your betting career. A loss like that can be crushing, especially when it's coming off a bad day or another seemingly bad beat. How do you bounce back from that some, from that as a better? And I would say the most important thing with that is not going on tilt.
1: Well, I was going to say, I usually just drink heavily. <laughs>
0: Probably not something that we want to recommend. I'm not pro. I'm not pro heavy drinking to numb that pain. Although,
1: All look, I'm not. All you betters out there, don't it. drink heavily. Whatever you do, don't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but one of the things that a lot of betters can do is they end up going on tilt. And when you go yeah. on tilt, you start firing off on a bunch of irresponsible bets. It, it's much better. And you did it after. Uh, you you did it after the Briscoe incident. You just stopped betting for a month. Yeah. That can be- I
1: said I was not going to bet for a month. I, for the most part, did not. And, yeah, I needed some time off. I was just sick of it. You know, I try not to support problem gambling. But, you know, you've got those pamphlets that say when the fun stops. And mm-hmm. I wasn't having fun. I'm not a professional bettor. I'm a recreational player. I like to think I'm sharper than the average bear you know i have my ups and downs but i wasn't having fun and just you get kicked enough times you just got to step out for a second you don't qu- you don't need to quit if you and absolutely if you have a legitimate problem and you need to quit you should i support responsible gaming i think that's very important if you are not able to stop gambling that is exactly when you need to stop gambling but you know if you just need to step away for a while you don't have to make it a lifetime thing you know If you have the ability to step away and come back later, once you clear your head, that's a great thing to do.
0: Exactly. And I mean, it worked for you and you ended up, it also helps when you come back and you go on a nice little run like you did.
1: Yeah. I went on a bit of a tear. These things happen. Yeah. I mean, keep letting me uh, bet against the Maple Leafs and deciding games and yeah, we'll be just fine. That's what brought me back. I was going to wait till June 1st, but wait, the
0: Maple Leafs are playing a game seven. I can't miss this. I jumped in on that one too. You, some opportunities you just have to take, but sometimes you also do just have to step away. That can be one of the best things that you can do after a crushing defeat. Because, like you said, the most important thing here is 99.99% of us are not going to be professional betters. That's not going to be our livelihood. Take a step back. Remember, this is recreational, it's supposed yeah. to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. And this is fun, isn't it? It is. This is I mean, it is the downs. It is the dark side of our industry. It's the dark side of what we're doing here is that you can get in over your head. And, you know, that's one thing that we're always going to mention, especially on this show. Bet what you can afford. That is the best way that you can mitigate losses from bad beats. Never bet over your head. People can sometimes forget that.
1: And, you know, if bad beats can teach us anything is that there's no such thing as a sure thing. You can lose in the wildest ways possible. I was at the Aces game with some buddies last weekend. And Aces are up two at the half. They're all on Dallas because they're a bunch of disloyal guys. I love my girls. So I'm like, oh, second half. Aces minus four. I would have made it five. I'm going to lay the four. So you might have seen this one last Monday. It was number one on ESPN's Bad Beats. And Aces are up nine 15 seconds left. Dallas has the ball. They drive for a layup. They miss. Rebound. They miss that tip. Rebound again. They miss the tip. They get another rebound. Kick it out. Open shooter on the wing. And she drains it as time expires. I push. My friends all win. They're a bunch of jerks and I hate them.
0: Want to track all of your wagers in one place? Check out the Betting Pros Pick Tracker at bettingpros.com slash picktracking. It syncs up with your sports books to tally which picks hit, which miss, and gives you a live look at what the public is doing so you can use real-time tracking to determine which plays to make and which to fade. Get on the leaderboard and quickly become a Sharp by using the free advice we offer at bettingpros.com slash picktracking. But what do you think is the worst bad beat you've ever seen in your career?
1: It was behind the counter for 18 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the worst one I ever saw was in my first year and no one ever topped it. I was a ticket writer at the Excalibur. Would have been October, November of 03. And guy comes up with a parlay card and says, can you check this for me? And I look at it. It's got it's an eight-teamer, $50 to win 7000 If you're out there, I'm just really sorry to recount this for you. But he's got a $50 parlay card to win 7000 Seven winners. Last game is Washington State minus seven and a half. And I was watching this game because I had Oregon State plus seven and a half. Washington State is up eight. It's fourth down. There's four seconds left. And they're deep in their own territory. And they take the intentional safety. Win by six. Oregon State covers. This guy gets beat out of seven grand on an intentional safety. It was unreal. That's painful.
0: That, that right there is painful. Yeah, I think that is
1: a special thing.
0: Another one for sure, I mean, i call Super Bowl 51 a pretty bad beat if you had Falcons four and a half.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a rough one, and a lot of people did. But, yeah, anytime you're within one score, it can only yeah. be so bad.
0: That, that is true, but that, that game was just absolutely wild. I that very much weird. wish that I was betting at the time. I was in California, and I was also – I don't – I don't know if I was. I, I think I was twenty one. It doesn't matter. But it was. It was halftime of that game, and we were all watching it. And my my dad's friend just said, "Wow, I've never seen the Patriots lose like this." And I go, "It's halftime. Billy B's got him right where he wants them. And sure enough, they came back. And that guy I'm was sure like twenty eight to three. Yeah. Oh no it was it wasn't even twenty eight to three at that point. They went up further in the third quarter.
1: Oh I know I just wanted to throw a 28 to 3 in there I like to tweak the Atlanta fans.
0: <laughs> Those poor Atlanta fans, they've suffered enough. But what what, what do you think? Let, let, let's round it off with one more bad beat here. What's something else that you can remember from the history of sports?
1: You know, I'll tell you, my worst one hasn't happened yet. I don't know what's going to be and it's going to have to be a real special one, but it hasn't happened yet. One of the worst ones I've ever seen, I had a ticket writer who worked for me and he bets an eight game baseball parlay. This kid would make Unreasonable 18 parlays as soon as he got paid every week. It was not good life choices. But he bets one. And the only loser on that ticket was the Brooks Conrad game when the Braves were down, I believe, seven runs heading into the bottom of the ninth. And Brooks Conrad walked it off with a grand slam.
0: Oof. It was unreal. Seven for eight. And that's the loss. That's pain. You have to imagine someone had a similar ticket like that on oh, what was it? The Phillies game? No, the Mets game. Right. It I mean, if you're man. looking
1: to avoid bad beats, you should just not have the Mets in your life.
0: Yeah. That is also true. What, what, the
1: you're talking I, I, to Robin Ventura a Grand Slam single. Yeah. But where Ventura nope. hit the Grand Slam in extra innings and passed someone running the bases. So it counted as one. It stayed under. It was three oh. to three when he hit it. And then he hits what looked like a Grand Slam, but he got called out for passing on the base path. Total was seven and a half. Game falls four to three.
0: Oh, that is, that is, I would be furious if I had that bad.
1: But you got to remember, if it's a double, then it's only four to three anyways. So that's a bad beat, but it's not the worst one ever. The one that kind of drove me nuts was everyone this year talking about that Raiders Chargers tie being a bad beat. That was not a bad beat. Such a low probability outcome. And yeah, and everyone's like, oh, they'll play for the tie. Roger Goodell had snipers. On- no, I'm kidding. I think I'm <laughs> kidding. Roger Goodell may or may not defend snipers on the roof, but he did not want to tie there. The league didn't want to tie. The league wanted them to play it out. And I just, you know, everyone's saying, oh, this was a bad beat. I get it. You made this analysis that, you know, if Jacksonville wins, the Raiders and Chargers will try to tie. But there's a lot at work there. And it didn't, you know, the Raiders were playing for something. They wanted to avoid Kansas City. The Chargers couldn't lose; they had to get in somehow. And you don't, you know, you don't play for the tie. None of these guys made the NFL playing for ties.
0: Yeah, it and was the, the far, only time in American sports sport. just tilted me a little bit. It was the only time in American sports history that all of America was rooting for a tie, though.
1: Yeah, that's because America doesn't like ties, unlike Europe. Mm-hmm. Less I say, there is probably better for me. <laughs>
0: But that, that game especially, you know, we're actually going to have a deeper conversation on that on hopefully our next show drop-in here. ESPN's David Purdom joined me to talk about that game and another game from that night that was a very good beat for some bettors. Uh, the Draymond Green whole fiasco with him doing the ceremonial opening tip-off. We talk about that and Black Swan events in our next episode here on the Betting Pros podcast. But Aaron, before we get out of here... You already said the number one key to avoiding bad beats is not to bet. But I want to talk about a little more setting up middles, hedging, and something that can be a very valuable tool in a better's arsenal, and that is live betting. You obviously, you can't avoid bad beats just by live betting. It doesn't do anything for you creating or mitigating bad beat potential, but Live betting can be a huge advantage to bettors if they want to see something in the game, really get an idea of what's going on, and not necessarily bet it pre-flop. Is that something that you can kind of look at, especially when you come into a game with a position and then say, okay, well, maybe I should, maybe I should let, take a position and lay off some of this because this game could go either way. Like there, there are situations where you want to start looking at that live, right? Yeah, I mean, you always want to be aware of your options. Mm -hmm. But again, look for
1: what the right number is and consider your situation. You know what? If you were going to get plus 120 on a team before the game to hedge off and then you're up nine and you can get plus 260, that doesn't necessarily make it good. That just means it pays more, but they're already in a worse spot. So again, consider your risk tolerance. Consider what you're trying to get out of it. But don't just hedge because you think hedging is fun or cool or what the sharps do. The Sharps make good bets. And if they're hedging, then the hedge is a good bet.
0: So there you have it. The key to betting is to make good bets.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I could clear that up for you. (laughs)
0: Aaron, thank you so much for coming on today. Where should people find you on the social media sphere? Just find me on
1: Twitter, at Aaron Kessler. And if you like dumb jokes about sports and other things that are sometimes sports and sometimes not, You should definitely stick around. Every once in a while, I throw in some
0: analysis. Every once, rare as a blue moon, but you do, you do once in a while have some analysis in there, and also, you know, some Justin Fields bets.
1: We are big Justin Fields fans here.
0: I do not condone that. But anyway, it is time for us to get out of here. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in, listening, watching, however you're getting us. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Hit that like button down below on the video or leave us that five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. We appreciate you being here with us. Don't forget, you can check out bettingpros.com for all of your sports gambling needs and As always, you can follow me on Twitter at TV at work. You can follow Aaron at Aaron Kessler. And as always, follow at Betting Pros as well. It has been a pleasure and we will see you guys next episode.